This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Small Biz America. The Brain. Author Brett Clay says that we're not just selling anymore, but we're selling change. Brett Clay joins us on the line right now to tell us a little bit about his new book, which is entitled Selling Change, 101 Plus Secrets for Growing Sales by Leading Change. And by the way, Brian Tracy says this powerful, practical book shows you how to make more sales faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Let's find out how it works. Brett, welcome to the program. Thanks. Great to be here. Brett, is sales an art or a science? (laughs) That's an age-old debate, I guess. Uh, I I tend to prefer to think of it more as a science because a science can be learned. It can be studied. You can characterize it. You can break it down to simple steps, and you can practice it and get better. Okay. And I I gather from your materials, um, if I have it right, you you tend to approach things much more scientifically, uh, certainly in the book and probably in real life as well. (laughs) <laughs> that probably comes from my engineering background. Right, right. What were you doing before you wrote the book, and, and what led to the uh, writing of this book? Sure. Well, I've been in sales and marketing for 20 years. Uh, most recently, I was in Microsoft, and I was uh, training the sales force on a certain uh, product line. And all throughout my career, I've always been faced with the challenge of winning business at profitable prices. You know, that's always the struggle. The customer wants it for free. Your finance team says, well, this is the price we have to have to be profitable. And you're always squeezed in that sandwich. Mm -hmm. And so I I grew up in a a sales environment where we had to sell value, value, value in in big infrastructure, sort of mission-critical applications for the customer. And I wanted to help other people learn how to sell value because that's that's how you can survive and thrive in today's market. Yeah, yeah. One huge underlying theme here, uh, Brett, is that a salesperson needs to have a mindset for looking at, at forces and change rather than looking at really purely solving a problem. Tell us a little bit more about the distinction you're talking about here, if you would. Sure. Well, solving a problem is just the tip of the iceberg. We've always been trained in sales, or at least, say, for the last 20 years, of this concept of looking for a problem or a pain and providing a solution and telling the customer why our solution is the best. Well, the problem now is that customers have so much power uh, uh, at their disposal with the Internet to find their own solutions, and then with the global competition all over the place, they can get solutions from from anywhere and so as soon as you talk about a solution it becomes a commodity and now you're back to a place where it's, it's you can't 
survive and, and win profitably. So if you go beyond that and you look beneath the surface of the iceberg, there's actually a huge amount of forces and changes and things going on in a customer's organization or in a consumer context in their life that you can tap into to create value and differentiate yourself and actually deliver something far more valuable and powerful than, than the customer could find on their own through, say, the Internet. I love that, Brett. Your, your book is uh, demanding that companies need to evolve from being what you call purveyors of solutions, like you have just mentioned, to becoming agents of change. So, an agent of change, but how do you do this on an organizational level? You've worked in some large organizations. Is this like moving a mountain to get people to really change this, this uh, fundamental paradigm? Well, I, I think it, it all starts with, with training and organizational development. I mean, in every sales organization I've been in, we've always had a sales methodology that was institutionalized within our company through, through training, through uh, management, through enforcement, through job aids. And so you do all of the typical things, yeah. uh, and then you, you have a plan in place to, to change the culture, because it's not just a question of process, but also becomes culture as well, right? That's right. And so you have a process that that happens over, you know, years to increase the capacity of your sales organization to deliver value and differentiate your company. Right. It it appears also that there's almost an emotional, intuitive kind of intelligence that goes along with this. I mean, you're talking about uh, bonding with a customer, uh, becoming their agent for change, looking for the forces. I mean, these are ideas that are well beyond describing a a product that can solve a problem. And again, we circle back to the fundamental of the book. Well, exactly. It's it's not about your product and being an expert on its features and speeds and things like that. It's about being a counselor and actually more of an amateur psychologist than a product expert. Right. Because if you can understand the customer's needs and their mindset and what are the challenges they're facing and the goals they're trying to achieve, that's what the customer cares about. They don't care about your product. Your product is just a vehicle for achieving their goal. And so, yes, it's, it, you have to be much more attuned to the, to the customers and what the customers are feeling. The book is Selling Change, 101 Secrets for Growing Sales by Leading Change. The website, www.changeleadershipgroup.com. Brett, in the book, you uh, put forth a very convincing leadership framework, I'll call it, uh, involving this sort of harnessing. uh, And and then there are four forces you talk about. Let's dig into the four forces a bit, and maybe you can um, expand on each of them, starting with uh, understanding the client's own internal needs and motivations. Sure. So the idea is that... uh Whenever people make a change, it's because they feel a compelling reason to do so, or we could call it a force. Sure. And so I've um, researched the psychology of change and forces, and there was a guy named Kurt Lewin, a psychologist uh, in the 1930s, that came up with this idea of force field analysis. What he said is that people are, uh, their behaviors are a result of both their internal uh, themselves, and I'll describe that in a second, and then their environment. So what I did is I broke out their, their self into three components. First of all, their internal needs. And what I mean by that are uh, basically Maslow's, this concept of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where we all have these, these uh, needs, desires, wants, these for, for food, shelter, self-esteem, and at the highest level, self-actualization. So that's a very important force that drives people. And if we can tap into that force, as leaders and salespeople, 
that's the most powerful thing that will drive people to change or to buy a product or improve their life or whatever is the end goal. The second force is their own behavioral tendency. Now, that's kind of, those are the things that they can't control because it's the pers- their personality traits, sure. the way they were born. Sure. And the third force are their strategies that they employ. These are the, the what I say is cognitive uh, strategies that they put into place to control their, to purposely control their own behavior. And of course, the last force that everyone usually thinks about is the environment. And, you know, we can't really change our environment. What we can do is adapt to it. And so that's why the, that, that force is not really the, the, it's the one that everyone usually thinks of, but it's not the one we should really pursue in looking at how we can help people make change. For a sales professional, is there one that sort of you, you spin off of, or does that vary based on the personality traits of the salesperson themselves? Well, you know, certainly there's a lot of variables in there, yeah. uh, but that the whole idea is that, again, going back to being a counselor, is that you you don't make the mistake of being a salesperson of uh, walking in with preconceived notions. Uh, that's one of the, the things that, of course, counselors are trained is, is yeah. you walk in with an open mind and you listen to the customer and you understand the forces they are feeling. Mm. They may be feeling huge environmental forces right now. They may need to change the jurisdiction of where they're doing business or they may be having some kind of um, uh, um, government, you know, regulatory issue that they're dealing with. Sure. So that might, you know, you can't walk in with preconceived notions, but you can walk in with that mindset that you're going to hear and look for what are the forces they're feeling and what's driving their action. It's intuitive listening, isn't it? Yeah. Let's dig into this idea that uh, we we're getting and achieving a market efficiency from our internet as a result of the internet and the development of uh, the efficiencies it presents to a marketplace. How does this change the game for sales in your view? It, it changes it fundamentally. So what you're talking about is the idea that there are global competitors that provide uh, so all kinds of solutions and that whatever is the solution that you're looking for, you can easily find with an Internet search from plethora of, of vendors. So what that does is it commoditizes yeah. all of these solutions. And if the customer can do that on their own, they don't need salespeople. So, first of all, that's a problem for anyone that's currently a salesperson. Yeah, yeah. But more importantly, salespeople are like the canaries in the mine. If your sales force or your salespeople are commoditized and marginalized, that means your company is also. That means you are now, as a company, trying to compete as a as a undifferentiated commodity on the internet with right. hundred other suppliers. That's right. And then it becomes very difficult to play that game. That's why a much more uh, I submit more profitable and a value-driven strategy is preferred because if you can have salespeople that can differentiate you far more than, than, than an Internet site can and create far more value for the customer, customers are going to love your salespeople and love your company, and you'll be far more profitable. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> this provocative statement, no one needs your product or service. I love that. Um, <laughs> I have to mention that I had an interview with someone who coaches people in cold calling, so uh, her interview comes to mind with this idea. Let's talk about the idea. You, you start with no one needs your product or service, and if that's true, how do you sell under that circumstance? And I guess you're getting into the internal game of tennis of sales, right? Right. Well, you know, the thing is, as company executives and 
CEOs and all the people running a company that, that see that revenue's got to come in in order to pay the employees, they always have this desire to hire fast-talking, you know, salespeople that can sell snow to Eskimos, and they think, just go out there and, and tell our customers to, to buy our product and force them to buy it. <laughs> it's a brute force process, right? Right, just because you think, you just, you know, you just want, it's like you want it so badly to, to, to make your revenue goal so you're profitable, right? right, right. But, uh, so I've seen the most common mistake I've seen those executives make is that they think that the customer need, the customer's problem is that they don't have the company's product. And it doesn't work that way. No one needs your product. It's, it's amazing how people get, um, and it's just we all do this, I guess, maybe because of our earnestness of wanting to, to succeed and the, our belief on our own product. But we forget. They don't need our product. What they need is to solve their problems. They need to achieve their goals. That's what we're selling is we're selling them their achievement. They're achieving the goal. And if we focus on that, um, you know, we'll be far more successful than trying to convince people they need our product right and they're getting away from this convincing people are too yeah there's just too much efficiency in markets and too much information available let's get into the idea of the kung fu master what's at play there you know it's a, that's the whole concept of of this idea of force field analysis and selling change and the idea is that you harness the forces that are are there to drive change rather than you trying to you know push the ore cart up uphill uh, laboriously, you look at what are all the forces going on, and you realize that if you tap into the motivations or the the other driving forces, you can let them do the work. And a kung fu master, if you've ever seen um, kung fu, they they are very they're motionless. And you're thinking, wait, a kung fu master should be super fast like a like a cobra, but in fact, they just they just they, their idea is to minimize the energy that they expend and exist out in harmony with their environment with the least amount of energy. Yes. If you do that as a salesperson or as a leader, imagine how much more effective you can be in harnessing the energies of the, of the other people and the, the other forces that are driving the change. How cool is that? And it's reminiscent of some uh, racquetball games that I didn't win, uh, where my opponent was standing motionless in the center of the court, uh, dazzling me uh, as we played. It's that kind of thing, where, where there's just a maximum efficiency, a minimum amount of wasted energy to achieve uh, you know, moving uh, a mountain, and it's a very powerful stuff. Well, this and a whole lot more in your book. Um, congratulations on the release. The book is Selling Change, 101 Plus Secrets for Growing Sales by Leading Change. The author, Brett Clay, has been our guest. His website, www.changeleadershipgroup.com. Brett, thanks so much for uh, the book and for joining us on the segment. Great. Nice to be here, David. Small Biz America. The Brain. Online at smallbizamerica.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.